You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Projectlife.com and host of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Welcome to episode 143. As always, recorded live on the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. So if you are listening to the podcast, thank you very much. Um, if we uh, can persuade you to come along, maybe join us live. And all you've got to do is go along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at 8 o'clock on Tuesday evening, every Tuesday for the last 143 weeks. And that gives you a chance to ask the guests questions directly and also hang out with the other people in the live lounge who are already flocking in. I'll leave it one minute just on purpose to let you guys, give you guys a chance to settle. For example, Penny from Soma Sports Massage Therapy um, is here saying, here, waiting to join in. Looking forward to this as always. Fantastic. Nice to see Penny in the house. Nikki Mansfield is here. Evening all. Hey, Nikki, how are you doing? Um, it's great to have a regular list of people. And like I say, if you listen to podcast and and you can't think of anything better to do with your time on a Tuesday evening at eight o'clock, then I do recommend you come along. Um, really nice people. Gary Benson, founder of the STA, is here as well in the background, um, ready to support any of you if you do need. And of course, you can chat with each other in the chat. And if you want to bring a question up on the screen, then I can put it up on the screen. For example, at the moment, I'm seeing Gary Benson do this distinctive green uh, circle with a white G on it. Um, so yeah, you can advertise your logo. It's networking. It's an option here if you wish. Anyway, so um, it's the first Tuesday of a month. And so what we do and have done for the last four weeks, uh, sorry, two months, is uh, we invite Tim Allardyce, founder of the Have My Patient, Group Clinical Director, NHS England Clinical Entrepreneur, to take up the hot seat in our very popular series. Now, I can say very popular because people are looking forward to it, which is great. It's only took a couple of months for questions to come in. Um, In our series, Ask Tim, um, and as always, if you have got questions for Tim, then all you need to do is email it to me, and I am Matt at thestia.co.uk. And then I can put it to Tim on the night. Or like I said, if you want to come in and ask them to Tim yourself, then just come along Tuesdays, 8 o'clock, to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel. Um, very excited tonight. I know a lot of you are as well. I really had to twist his arm. I said it last uh, week when we concluded our focus on the lower back. Um, it, I, I twisted this arm because I wanted him to come along and talk about rehab exercise prescription because released earlier, I think a couple of days ago, it appeared on Facebook, um, Rehab My Patient, which Tim modestly is the founder and creator of, did release what uh, all feedback so far has been an excellent new section of strength and conditioning exercises, um, nearly a thousand exercises, of, including plyometrics, TRX, Olympic lifting, um, and a lot more. Now, Tim, if anyone knows Tim, he really doesn't like being put under the spotlight. He doesn't want to get the, get the idea that we're selling this. It's not at all. And, and he will reiterate this throughout. There are plenty of other exercise prescription clinic software out there. And tonight is not, well, it's my endorsement, but it's not an STA or an official kind of, this is the one you need to get. Um, and indeed, if people in here want to say other names, we can talk about other ones, that's fine. What tonight is about is um, how you can use or how, how to prescribe exercises maybe for some of you the best method is the old-fashioned way that i remember very well just little stick men you do a great you can do a lot with a stick man or maybe um something i enjoyed doing probably i don't know when mobile phones started coming out just videoing the client themselves and then on their phone and giving them the video then you've got no data protection issues because it's just giving them their phone with themselves doing the the uh, exercise and then your voice in the background and they can watch it and pause it that's great when phones came out and that was one of my favorite ways of doing it or you can invest in um, some clinical software like we have my patient and other brands out there um which would obviously do very but it is a very professional way of doing it and you've got a fantastic selection with some of them which i want to talk about as well tonight so that's what we're doing um i hope, I hope i've eased him in his seat he stopped squirming a little bit because he's, he didn't want us to become a like a sales pitch at all and you'll soon see from listening to him that it won't be at all anyway before i bring up tim um the rest of the month just to let you know will be a focus on a selection of cpd um happening over the next two months either online or face-to-face here in the uk and we will start next week which is april the 11th uh, with my guest gary dr gary mendoza who a lot of you will know thanks to uh, therapy expo and other 
uh, episodes we've had on the SDA podcast. He's the founder of Stages of Change and actually did Gary's uh, Motivational Interviewing Behaviour Change course a couple of months ago online. Um, excellent course, if I say so myself, something I'm really passionate about and into. Uh, the fact that it's all very well telling a patient or client what to do and giving them fantastic advice um, according to your ears, but unless you know what stage they are in terms of making a change for their behaviour and everything, or if you just, maybe they're not the sort of person who's ready to do it now, maybe they need easing in or something, then, then they're not going to listen to you. They're not going to hear you. And maybe you haven't been listening or hearing them. So there's, it's a really fantastic course. And what we're going to do next week is I've invited Gary back with a couple of other people on the course, uh, along with myself, and we're going to chat about the course. Um, and it's, yeah, a great opportunity, I think. Again, I'm not selling it. I'm just thinking something for you guys to consider. And then later on, we've got Ben Cormack coming in and other people as well. So it should be a, a fun-filled month of CBD you may want to consider. Anyway, that's that. That's what's happening in uh, the rest of April, I should say. Yeah, that's where we are this month. But for now, tonight, he's back. We have a lovely bunch of questions for him. Let's bring up Mr. Tim Allardyce. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Very well, how are you doing? Doing good. Really good. Did I, did, did I manage to put that clear enough across for you? So yeah, not... you know what? I, I, I really am. <laughs> I'm really just want to try and make this, um, I don't know, like interactive, educational, informative. Um, uh, you know, I, I, it really is about, um, you know, just getting some ideas out there and let's having a chat about it rather than this is my patient, you know, go, go and subscribe. It, it really isn't about that. I mean, just, you know, this is just a tool. It's one of many tools you can use to demonstrate. And that's, that's, that's my main purpose. Fantastic. Good. I think that's pretty clear. Um, and yeah, as always, looking forward to your experience. Um, it's pretty good though. I'll probably say that a few times, but well done, mate. Anyway, um, smash. but so like, people who are in the live lounge, you are welcome to ask questions. Oh, you know what I'm going to do tonight, Tim, for the first time ever on a podcast. Yeah. My glasses on. Oh, I know. You've got very similar glasses to me. Let's do it together. Let's be glasses friends. Look at that. Are they the same? Oh, look at that. Like something else. They're similar, aren't they? (laughs) I'll be aided. Mine make my uh, my eyes look bigger, though. (laughs) I can't get by it anymore, especially with this set up with the computers and everything, the screens in front of me. I just can't do it. So, yeah, I'm going to have to keep mine on now. I'm so glad that. Thousands of people listen can, to this and can only you come about right 30. up to the camera so I can really see it. No, I can't. I've got a big <laughs> red microphone in the way. Um, so, no, I can't. But anyway, um, I should have gone to Specsavers. Thank you very much. Someone has probably typed that in the comments. That, that's where I got mine from Specsavers. Spec Twins, says Nikki, Nikki Mansfield. Thank you very much, yeah. Nikki. Yeah, let's not draw too much attention to it. <laughs> it's just an aging thing. Don't worry, Matt. Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, I only hey, got mine about uh, about four or five months ago. Really, congratulations! Thank you. I know it's because I'm getting old. I kept squinting to see the computer, so I thought I'd better go and get some. I know, and it's fine until people like Penny here just burst out with ha 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 in the comments. So it's, it's okay as long as we don't see too much of that, and we won't feel too. So, so. It's part of the body's natural degenerative changes. I think exactly, exactly. It's, it's fine. Anyway, right. So we're gonna we're gonna swiftly move on. So yeah. Um, I've got questions lined up, but again, people in the live lounge, you have joined us live, so if you've got particular questions, the topic is just rehab, exercise, and it's prescription through software, okay? Or maybe it's just rehab, exercise, prescription. Um, so I'm going to start off with what I've had on the list. Thank you for people who emailed in. One of you even said, oh, you can use my name if you like, so thank you very much. If you do send me in questions, then unless you specifically say, um, oh, yeah, you can use my name, then I won't say it, just in case you don't want it kind of like shared on, on it platform but um I can't, I can't help but see the comments here what does penny said now when i start needing glasses for running then i will want to die <laughs> penny, let's keep it light shall we yeah let's, let's, uh, let's keep it light thank you for that let's get to the questions so um i'm going to bring up on the screen for those who listen to the podcast then i'm going to bring up kind of um a summary of the question then i'll read out the actual question itself as it was sent in on the email but first of all i'm going to go straight to the first question bring it up on the screen there she is. Um, the short version of the question is, is investing in exercise prescription software worth it? We always think, well, I was laughing with you off air about this, because our first two episodes with you have been very much about 2023 is going to be a tight year. Let's do sensible things, prepare yeah. for it now, kind yeah. of, which is an important message. 
yeah. think this is kind of continuing on from that. Uh, this person wrote in and said, in a year where money is going to be tight as ever, yeah. is investing in exercise prescription software a bold yeah, good question. It, it may or may not be. And it depends on you. It depends on how frequently you, you use it, whether you, you, you want to use this sort of software. Um, you know, I, I personally am a big supporter of innovative exercise softwares or any sort of softwares, practice management softwares. I, you know, I'm, I'm really keen on the AI, AI softwares out there and have just subscribed to ChatGPT Plus, for example. You know, I, I, I think subscriptions are... are um, are really useful and they make life easier. So for me, I couldn't live without it. But it really depends on you, how much you use it, how much you want to promote yourself because exercise softwares, like practice management softwares, you know, they buzz they buzz your clients, they buzz your patients, they send emails, they send SMSs. It's like a contact with the patient um, or, or client. And so um, I, I personally think you, you actually get the value back. You get the money back, I believe, for for ten pounds thirty four a month, which is the STA special rate, um, it's it's I think it's it, it's it's very good value, uh, and um, and I I think it's worth it. But it does depend on each individual circumstance. Yes, money is tight. Yes, bills have gone up. Yes, everything we we haven't put our price up, but but most most things have gone up, and so people will be feeling a pinch. Um, but I believe that you know what this one quarter or one fifth of one client pays for it for the month. And, and when you put it into perspective, I think that is not a lot. And the thing is, is you need you need the stuff to make life easier. Yeah, you can draw stick, man, but it's a pain in the backside. And for, for 10 quid a month, I just think it's easier just to get something that does it for you. Yeah, you said everything that was kind of in my mind, putting it into like a quarter or something of each client once yeah. a month. It's, it's yeah. a great way of looking at it. Yeah, and, and you know, if you it's worth working out your costs each month, you know, you know that your insurance is going to cost... 40 quid a month you know you know that your you know your your practice management software is going to cost 30 quid a month you know your exercise prescription software is going to cost 10 quid a month and you know that you know you know your couch rolls and your massage lotion is going to cost you know 10 quid a month and so you you know that your costs are two clients a month or one client a month or four clients a month if you work at it like that and you get yourself into the mindset well i need four clients to break even and after that it's profit you know and to work out what your rent is and how many clients do I need to pay my rent each month? And then you go out and you drive and you get those numbers and you start, it gives you a goal. It gives you a target. And so you start to go, right, my goal is I need six clients to break even each month or eight clients to break even each month. And I'm going to go out and get there 15, 16, 20 clients a week. And so you know what your, your margins are. Let's imagine, imagine somebody out there, I imagine a few people are, they're kind of already like nose up against the wall or can't spend anything else. What comes to your mind where maybe they could reduce their outgoings to visually, maybe even £10 a month, and then think, right, I've managed to save on that, and now I can get this. Offhand, do you, can you think of any ways that people maybe are overspending or they could cut back somewhere? Yeah, Where's I know it? so many ways. Look, I mean, the first way is, is your mobile phone. Most people, If you're spending more than £14 a month on your mobile phone, you're spending too much. Phone up mobile phone company, most people do SIM-only deals now. So you buy the phone outright, you've got the SIM only deal, you should be getting it for 10, 11, 12 pounds a month, you know, and includes loads of data, all your text messages, your calls, etc. You know, that'll save you three or four pounds a month. Virgin Media, if anyone's on Virgin Media, you'll be very regularly receiving letters from them saying they're putting up the prices again. It drives me nuts. You know, phone them up, say, right, I'm leaving. There's an option on Virgin Media, I think it's option five or six. Go through to and say, look, I've really had enough. I've really fed up these price changes. I'm going to go to a free view box and just get my internet from Plusnet. And they've just pulled our price down from 85 to 55 quid a month. You know, that saves me 30 quid a month. You know, there's loads of ways to save money if you've got a bit of time just to call up. Because what they do is everything's on subscription nowadays. Your insurance is on the subscription. Your house insurance, your car insurance, your mobile phone, it, your your um, your gas bills everything's on subscription and what happens is every year they nudge up they go up slightly and slightly and slightly and if you can be bothered to phone them up and actually go actually you know what this is too high can can, can can i get a better deal you can get some very very good deals it just takes effort and i'm pretty lazy i tend to just let them run for two or three years and i go oh for goodness sake it's getting too expensive i'll phone them up but that's a really easy way to save money you know my mother's health insurance I phoned them up. I said, this is getting ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's 400 pounds a month. And they pulled it down to, I can't remember what they pulled it down to, but they knocked a massive amount off. 
Uh, and so you can often get these subscriptions down when they when you nudge them up. Excellent. Yeah, really good advice about the phones. And often you don't know until you go into the shop, especially if your contract has come to an end. And, and oh, well, I've got to say, yeah, well, O2, for example, they say they've changed it now, but I, I realise mine have come to an end and I'm just, just paying for the rate now the phone's being paid for. Yeah. And after a while, I was thinking, this seems very expensive. Let's go in the shop. And he was like, oh, young kids, he kind of says, oh, this is a bit high, isn't it? I was like, you're telling me that. And he said, oh, I can sort it. I was paying, like, I don't know, £35 a month or something for two gig. And he said, oh, I can put it on this. It's £12 a month for one yeah. gig. I went, yeah. let me think about it. Yeah, it's like, but unless you go in the shop, it's a sad world we live in. Unless you ring up and, and you ask, then you can go on paying, paying, paying. Because most people don't, anymore. you see. Most people just no. carry on paying. They just get used to it coming out of the bank. You know, we all get on subscriptions. And actually, if you really stop and just drill down and say, actually, you know, those subscriptions keep going up. Ours don't on RMP, but but most of them do, and just speak to them and say, actually, I want your best deal, and it will save you loads loads per month. Thank you. Great advice. Yes, um, and and yeah, you did mention the SDA discount. Um, yeah. Penny from Sermons just said, I don't have the special rate. I'm happy face. I've been using the software since 2018, but only remember the SDA this year. Well, there you go. That's the way you can save. Yeah. Just nice email us, email support. Just if just send us your email address, um, Penny, or put it in the chat. I can get it sorted. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Nicky Mansfield just said, my SIM is just 85 pence a month. Wow. How, what is that for, like, one text and a call? Well, anyway, but only £6 a month after six months. Quiz in. Smart yeah. move. Just what was it before, good. though? What was it before <laughs> you got the 85p deal? Exactly. Before she went in the shop, it was, like, £49 a month. Yeah. Anyway, so great advice there. Really good. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... When you, when you put it down to how much it is as a percentage of a client, and the time you say, I think you just said, we often forget about our time. It's if we're charging time. X amount an hour and it's taking us every day an hour and a half to do this, well, there's yeah. your £40, pound, £50 exactly pound a day. Right. You know? And most people, what they do is, is, is when they're working inefficiently, they finish at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, they do all the stuff. They do all yeah. the, the paperwork and the admin and the exercise plans, and that's a really, really bad idea, and never, ever do it. You always, always, always do all your admin and paperwork during the session. Never stay late, ever. If your last patient finishes at 9 p.m., you finish at 9 p.m., you need to be out the door at like 5 past 9. Yeah? Don't get caught into the trap of, Oh, I'll run over. Oh, I'll just do this for them. Oh, I'll do a letter now for them. If they want an exercise plan and a letter and, 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 a, and a or whatever, you do it during the session, during their time. And also it takes five minutes of pressure off your hands and your body. So you spend that five, dedicate that five minutes to admin. Always finish at least five minutes before the end of your session with every single client. Don't think you have to go right up until two minutes to nine or two minutes to 8 p.m. to finish that person. And you know what? They won't get any worse treatment. They won't complain about it. And they'll actually be really grateful that you spent the time to sit down and, and, and go through this stuff with them. Great stuff. Great so it's about being working smart, working efficiently, finish on time with your clients, get the exercise plan to them during the session or the letter or the admin or the insurance work or whatever it is you need to do during the session and never, ever stay late. And when you're working efficiently, these things take time. So you end up drawing things. You end up trying to email them. You end up trying to make a video for them. And it's just, it's attrition on you. You finish, you go home, that's it. Work's done, massage's done, therapy's done, soft tissue therapy's done, physio, whatever, it's finished. And that's what I tell all my guys. I reckon at least 60% of people are thinking, yeah, I wish. And they're thinking, no, I have to I wish, behind, I wish. Make it can, happen. Basically. Make it happen. Your last patient tomorrow night, your last client tomorrow night, Make sure you finish on time. Do not go one minute over. No paperwork. And be out the door within five minutes. Lock up. Alarm on. Out. Done. Excellent. Powerful words. Um, <laughs> I feel quite intimidated. Gary Benson has said, we'll be talking to STA members in the coffee evening chat tomorrow, every other Wednesday, at 19.30 hours about business planning, client acquisition, retention, and business expenditure. There you go. Every other yeah. Wednesday is a coffee morning, guys. So, it's going to be key, you know. It's it's we're gonna we're, we're getting pinched. Everything's going up in value, in price. Everything's costing more, and we just need to supplement with an extra, maybe an extra client or two each week, and just go out there and get them and network and tell everyone what you do. Tell everyone every time you speak to someone, use it as an opportunity. If anyone ever asks you for a favor, ever ask for a favor back. 
And I got taught that by Professor Tony Young, who's the head, uh, the, the um, NHS England's clinical uh, innovation lead, who's an amazing guy and a real mentor to me. And he says, if someone asks you for something, you have every right to ask them something back. And that's what the Americans are really good at. And as, in, as, as Brits, we're always a bit like, oh, do you know what? I can't really ask. But if someone asks you for something, um, then you say to them, you know, by the way, this is what I do. Can you please mention it to your friends and family? Have you got a network? You can just post it on a WhatsApp group that this is what I do. And get your name out there and promote yourself. And don't be ashamed to promote yourself because I, we don't do it well enough. Have confidence that you're great at what you do. Tell them to share things with their network. Good words. Excellent. Right. So we're going to move on to question two now sent in and um, the summary version of it which i'm bringing up on the screen is question two east to show regression progression so this is getting into the nitty-gritty more of, of depending on the clinical software you've got but the whole question was how easy is it on clinic software to indicate regression and progression options to clients it's very, very easy. I mean, you know what? I think, first of all, to, to, to understand progressions and, and, and regression, it, we need to understand principles of exercise rehabilitation. And, and, you know, what it is, it's about prescribing the right level of exercise for your client. So we, we make it specific. You know, we're not just going to give everybody Olympic lifting. You know, we might start with, 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 with you know, we're not going to jump into a clean and jerk. You know, we might start with a with a squat. We might start with a shoulder press. We might start with, you know, with a lunge. You know, so, so we, we can break down the, the, the movement parts of each exercise to make them easy. And the key thing is with exercise prescription is you want to start easy. Start with the simple stuff. Because sometimes you can give, I mean, we're, 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 so, we're so conditioned to see these crazy exercises on, on TikTok and social media and Instagram. That, and we think we've got to do a, 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 a plyometric jump into a lunge, into a Romanian deadlift. But you don't. Start with a simple exercise like, like a, a wall squat. Yeah. And OK, it's not the most functional exercise, but it's not bad. And it's easy. And you know what? It's, it's a do no harm exercise. And we want to start the do no harm exercises. I always say keep them simple. So I really regress people early. And if they come back, and I, I do it every week. So every week I'll say, how's the exercises going? Right, should we make that one harder? Right, just click that, edit that. Right, let's bring that one in. You know, and so you might start with body weight exercises. Start a body weight exercise before you, before you progress to a weighted exercise. Yeah. And so, you know, it, this, this is how you can progress. And, and, and there's variations of extra exercise like a core exercise i mean i just share my screen uh can i share i guess i can share uh, i'll put it on full screen but people can still hear you behind it does that come up yeah so look i mean let's look at um let's look at uh so it's a strength conditioning exercise that we've got a quite um a fairly advanced um you know they're they're they're, they're pretty they're a lot of machine-based stuff um and 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 um plyos and bands and whatnot but let's just go to i mean let's just go to core for a really good example of of, of how you can regress or, or 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 progress someone so you know with a core exercise you might just start with something really really simple like a, a four-point kneeling exercise it's really easy okay it's 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 pretty much anybody can do it they can do it on a bed or on the floor whatever and they can just start to learn to, to, to activate or, or, or find their core muscles. Yeah. And then, and then you can progress to, you know, just lifting one arm up in, in front of you or, or lifting one arm up slightly off the off the mat. And then now you're starting to become less stable. So you're reducing your stability, which makes the exercise more challenging. Right. So these are pretty basic exercises. And then you start going on to more complicated core exercises, you know, and then you can start going on to, to, to some people call this a, a kneeling Superman. Some people just call this a horse stance. Some people call this a bird dog. Some people, some people call this a, a quadruped. There's lots of different names for the same thing. But if we just call it a, a horse stance or a quadruped or a bird dog, or whatever, I don't mind. But, you know, you can start to make it more challenging, you know, and then from there, you can go on to more advanced core exercises. It might be like, you know, like a kneeling forward ball, ball roll. We'll go on to it, and that's a tough exercise. We'll, we'll go on to a, a plank forward ball roll, um, like uh, like this one, yeah. And so this is a much tougher exercise, you know. And so I think you know. And if you want to go even tougher, try doing circles in a plank position on a ball. You know, that's a super, super, super hard exercise, right? And so 
you, you can progress people very, very easily by understanding the principles of, um, of, of exercise prescription. And the principles are, if you want to progress them, usually you decrease the amount of stability in the exercise or you can add weight to the exercise or you can you can add variation to the exercise um, and so there's lots of ways to progress an exercise to make it more challenging and and generally as they get stronger and fitter and they're used to the easy exercises you gradually progress them each each week and that's what i do so i look at them each week and then we'll edit and we'll bring in slightly tougher exercises Excellent. Those who listen to the podcast, um, Tim was being up on the screen, some screenshots from um, We Have My Patient. I'm interested, are they, it looks like they were kind of almost in an order of progression and progression. Is that something you've done on there so yeah. people can see rate of difficulty or? Yeah, in most cases, like this is a really good a good example. Look, you've got a side plank going into a, a full side plank, so a kneeling side plank going into a full side plank going into a um, a, a very advanced side plank is yeah, a very good. tough exercise, yeah, you know, and, and so, you know, and, and then you can go into a reverse plank that's not so tough and, and then a stronger reverse plank, you know, uh, and, and so, yeah, they, they often progress uh, and, 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 and make them difficult. I mean, in some cases, you know, um, you know, you might go from a chair based exercise to a standing based exercise, you know, you might go from a single leg balance to a single leg balance with eyes shut. You know, so you can progress them by reducing stability, by by bringing variation in, by by making an exercise slightly more functional. So there's lots of ways to progress or regress exercises. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you you, you know, you can add a band. You, you can do a, a hip abduction exercise with body weight, or you can add a band to make it tougher. Um, and and so you know, it's um, it, it, that's how you progress. I think that's another looking at you showing the illustrations um, on the screen. I think that's another way that investing in exercise prescription software can help because either one, maybe you're new to it and you've got to fake it till you make it kind of thing, which we all done. If you, if you are by trade a massage therapist and you haven't done much strength and conditioning prescription and you kind of do a course or a workshop and some CBD, you're still going to be a little bit tentative before giving exercises. You're not going to have a vast variety of exercises in your mind or experience. So having something, a bit of kit like this, um, can really help introduce you to new exercises and give you ideas on how to regress and progress. Eventually, like everything, once you've done it for a while, it will come more naturally. You'll start inventing your own exercises and adapting them. But And also for people I'm thinking are even more advanced. The older you get, sometimes you get a little bit rigid and you always go out the same exercises and you forget about these other little ones. Like I've just seen some on the screen and I'm thinking, oh, yeah. And, and suddenly it just freshens things up, which is important for compliance and making sure that, you know, your patients aren't getting sick of the same thing. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, you want to make it interesting and make it fun for patients. And, and you can do that by adding variation. And so you, you, you progress them. But what you don't want to do is go in too hard with an exercise. They get sore. They come back to you and say, actually, that exercise aggravated it. I, I feel worse from the exercise. And that we see that all the time. People come to us and say, it happens to me every week. Someone says, I got sent these exercises by my NHS physio and I feel worse from the exercise. And I bet every single one of you has seen a, a client that said they've got worse from the exercises. But they've, for, for someone they've seen, let's say an NHS physio, which, which happens, you look at the exercise plan and you go, I mean, why are you doing that? Why are you loading that shoulder so much when you're in so much pain? You know, and 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 and, and yeah, and the, 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 you know, the patient says, "Well, well, my my physio said, uh, yeah, I know you can't go wrong getting strong," and I say, "Yeah, I know, but you're in so much pain, you can barely lift your arm. You know, it's got to be graduated, it's got to be appropriate, it's got to be the right level for where you're at, and you're not at that level. You need to first of all work on reducing inflammation and pain and improving mobility. You need to go for a rehabilitation, a stepped approach." Yeah, that's so important. And we have all of those clients. And I think it's important to remember that often it's an example of how the, the healthcare practitioner at the other end might have said one thing, but they haven't checked for understanding and the client has walked out with a totally different impression, which is what people Yes. Do. And that's that another so reason why you need, it's useful to have a tool that gives an exercise description, a picture and a video. Right. Because because patients do misunderstand it. You, you know, if you describe it or you draw it, you can miss things. Um, if you're recommending ice and heat, you know, you need to put in advice not to burn yourself because people do go and burn themselves. And it's it's crazy, but it happens all the time. I've seen lots of ice burns. I've seen lots of heat burns. 
you know, the skin gets very mottled from heat burns and, and you look at it and think, oh dear, you know, so you need the right information on these exercises and you don't want to be writing it out. It's a real pain. You need to stay safe as well because people do find they get, they get injured occasionally, not too often, um, but you've got to be very careful. Very nice. Good stuff. Yes. Um, actually, what you were talking about there leads in nicely to the next question, I believe, when you said getting variety in there. And I think he even used the word used in this next question to bring this up. A lovely segue here. So the short version is how much fun is a printed out list of exercises? A little bit of a cynical question there, the person who sent it in. But hey, the full question was, um, I'm a firm believer in making exercise fun. Great. We talked about that. I think it was yourself and many other people said that's important. Um, how much fun is a printed out list of exercises? Yeah, I mean, I, I, it depends what your goal is. I mean, you know, if you're in pain, your goal is you're not focused. Your goal is to get out of pain, right? And if you're particularly stiff, your goal is probably to improve range of mobility. If you're particularly weak or hypermobile, your goal is to, to, to improve stability, to get stronger. You know, I mean, what is the goal? If you're if you're a 14 year old kid with Oscar Schlatter's disease, your probably goal is to have fun, you know, and so it depends what you want to do. If you're an elite athlete and you're, you're, you're bored and you maybe you do want to bring in some really fun exercises. You know, I used to work with a lot of golfers, you know, and we'd be throwing medicine balls at each other, standing on one leg. We'd be doing sit-ups while throwing medicine balls. So you want to make it really dynamic, really active because they're exercising all the time. So when they're with you, you want to make it really dynamic and fun. So it depends on you. It depends on your, your, your client. It depends on, on their circumstances. Are you going to be doing fun exercises with, with everybody? No. Can you, if you can make it fun, it makes it more, more, um, more, more interesting. Uh, but it's not appropriate for everyone. You've got to figure out what does your client need? What's the goal? You know, you know, it's, it's not easy for someone to have fun when they're in loads of pain. They've got acute back pain. They've come to see you because they're really, really stuck. And, and you're not really going to make a fun exercise. You're going to be like, look, this is a really basic mobility. Do no harm lumbar spine mobilization like you know like i i have a set pattern that i give a lot of my acute back pains they're not fun but they really help you know i first of all lie i turn to lie on their back um and i um you know and i um i, I they did put their knees to one side you know and, and then I, I get them to stand sit on a chair and i gently rotate to each side just to mobilize the back you know and these are do no harm exercises you know and and then i'll get them to do a side flexion exercise so i just go here you can just if you, you just use this favorite icon and they'll pop to the top you know and and, and i add just a simple basic side flexion exercise. it's not fun but they're in acute pain you know they need to they need to mobilize the back so it very much depends on your client what do they want what are their goals where are they at with them are they in pain are they the athlete are they are they functional are they are you trying to get functional exercise you're trying to improve mobility what's your goal and if your goal is actually they're bored and they're stale and they just want to have do fun stuff then bring in the cool functional stuff it could be hopping it could be plyos it could be jumping it could be squatting it could be you know it, it could be any number of things and so that's how you can make it fun if you do want to make it fun I think maybe the person who said that question, because once upon a time, I mean, probably some of the most boring drab black and white photos have been printed in kind of exercise books and they're just a load of text and there's really kind of, must have been a budget thing, but some really boring black and white photos of somebody doing an exercise. Yeah. Um, or maybe they were all done in one year and it's quite cool and trendy when photographs just came out. But things have moved on a lot and people listen to podcasts, um, it'd be worth having a look at the YouTube recording of this because you can see the colour, you can see the, the movement, the dynamic, the photos that are going on there, it's all laid out. It's yeah. Visually, it's nice. If I was a client and I was receiving something, that's important as well. Um, you want to receive something that looks nice, that looks professional, and it's and it's kind of inspires you to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, also, you know, a great way to have fun with exercises is to in is to decrease the amount of stability on the exercise you know like um you know like if you want to uh, um, start bringing a ball into an exercise you know you you could do this on a bench but if you do, if you bring a ball in it, it it makes it quite fun and so you start to like make exercise a bit more fun by reducing the stability uh, and then so as you're wobbly you're challenging yourself uh, and that's a really cool way to bring a bit of funness into exercises Right. Okay. Let's move on to questions. Um, cause I know before I've kind of like let you talk for three questions, we haven't answered the other three, but, um, but yeah, great questions, people. Thank you for sending those in. Let's progress to the next one. Um, I'm going to bring it up on the screen. 
It's not that many. Question four. Right, short version. Um, how do you how did you decide what to put in the functional exercise section? So the full version of it was. Um, Oh, actually, yeah, it was nice. The full version was, hey, Tim, really happy to see the new strength and conditioning section in RMP. How did you decide what to put in the functional exercise section and what to leave out? I guess they're questioning what is functional these days. It's a term that's been... Yeah, and that's the, I think that's the, the real crux of the, of the question, isn't it? Is, is, is what exactly a functional exercise is? And, and that's a tricky question. I've got a really good answer. I think I've got a really good answer for you. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, so look, <laughs> first of all, um, hands up. I didn't write the S&C section. Uh, although I've got a decent amount of knowledge in, in SNC, I actually um, it, it, we actually employed a, a strength and conditioning expert who is a who is a strength and conditioning coach, uh, and, and so a lot of this is is is, is his interpretation of, of of this, which 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 I think he's he, he's got it pretty well, and um, and of course I was involved in it, but but he was. Um, you know, he's an he's an expert in SNC, and so we we often utilise other experts in certain areas. And so, look, what is functional? And the thing is, is functional is very dependent upon what is your goal. Okay, so we usually bring functional in at the last stage. I, in my experience, and, and this is how what I recommend is you bring functional in at the last stage of your re rehabilitation process. Okay, so so in your first process is they're in pain and, and we need to reduce pain and inflammation and we want to make sure the joints are mobile, the, the movement is mobile, the, you know, the, 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 the range of movement is improved. So we look at mobility and then we bring stability and we bring strengthening and then we'll often do functional. Now, the, the, the point is, is what is the goal? Now, if your goal is to walk your dog and you've got shoulder pain or tennis elbow, then it might be an exercise where you're just holding a dumbbell out in front of you. Yeah. Or it might be an exercise where you're pulling a fur band like you might pull a lead on a dog. And so the exercise is designed around what the goal is of what that person wants to get back to as a functional exercise. Now, if you're a golfer, yeah, they want, their goal is they want to get back on a driving range on a golf course, okay? And let's say they've got acute back pain, they've got, a, got back pain. So, we, you know, we, we might do more rotation-based exercises. So we'll look at functional exercises based on rotation. So the golfer knows that he can swing or she can swing and her back's not going to go out, you know, her back's not going to go into acute spasm, right? You know, they could be a footballer that's recovering from, let's say, from knee surgery, yeah, let's say they've had a, an ACL repair. Okay, what are our functional goals? Well, our functional goals are that footballer needs to change direction. Yeah, they need to change position. They need to jump. They need to jump on one leg. They need to jump and twist. They need to jump and head a ball. And they've got to land and land and know that they're not going to blow their knee. Right? They've got to run in different directions. Yeah, so our functional exercises will probably be situated around multi-directional hopping, hopping on one leg, jumping in different directions, uh, lunging in different directions, backward lunging, forward lunging, lunging walks, you know, making things a bit more um, multi-directional. Like, you know, we have a term called cods and cops, which is one of the terms I learned from, um, from doing some work experience with a Super League netball team many years ago. You know, and they used to talk about cops and cods, uh, cops and cods, change of, change of, um, ch change of direction and change of pace. So, you know, when, when change of pace, you know, we might bring an exercise where we're, we're running at 45 degree angles and we might start slowly and, and go faster and slowly and faster. So we're changing pace, we're making it functional and um, change of direction. You know, change of direction is a very important rehabilitation, functional rehabilitation. You know, we don't just want to work in one plane. If you're a boxer, you're not just going to do a pushing exercise with a machine because you're never just doing this. You're, you, you know, you, you're doing this. You're in different your arms coming in different positions so you need to you know you need to change direction so you change pace you change direction and that's how you make the exercise functional so you've got to work out what's your goal what does the client need to do yeah and then you design the exercise plan around what their functional needs are does that make sense yeah wonderfully yeah, a really good way of explaining it i think that's great so yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So in your library, because I think I remember there's like about 110 or something off 
top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, it is. How, yeah. How's, how have they chosen what's in there? Is it the idea that this could be applied to a certain sport or these so, movements? Yeah. Which... Yeah, it's going to apply to different sports. It's, it's a few things. I mean, look, functional is a very, it's a very individual thing, right? And, and functional is, it, it, you can't make a generic functional, really a functional category because functional depends on, on what your function is. Whether you're walking a dog or you're, you're a professional boxer, they have different functions. You, mm. you have different functional needs. If you're a skier, your exercise rehabilitation is going to be completely different to a cross-country runner okay and so you know it's so so functional really is is a bit of a misnomer it's 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 much more about um about creating the exercise for that function or goal for that particular person so you can use these actually you know pretty much any of these exercises could be could be deemed as being functional a cable push could be deemed as being functional because you know because you've got a rotation in there you might do a rotational cable cable pull like a wood chop for example you know, so actually, any of these could be fairly functional if it if it suits the needs of what your of what your goal is. Great, great explanation. Very nice. Um, okay, good answer. Don't forget, people. Actually, let me scroll back. I think right at the beginning, I've got a funny feeling at the beginning of show, somebody asked a question. It slipped. So we did. I thought so. I haven't read this yet, so taking a gamble here. Question for Tim. Just a bit of help with template prescriptions to save time on RMP. What's the best way to go about it? Looking forward to the new additional exercises, Tim. Thank you. Okay, something a bit technical there. So, yeah. I mean, look, the thing about templates is basically uh, templates basically save you time, right? And a template is just a really, really, really easy way just to blast out an exercise plan for a patient with the same problem or a client with the same problem. Um, to get it out quickly because you're short of time because i'm not a big fan of templates i think exercises should be bespoke but yeah i do sometimes use templates because i do sometimes see people coming in with the same problems so it's fine to use a template and you know there's plenty of digital apps and digital tools out there and they're just templates so it's fine to use them and so the best way to do it is just go to go to um go to templates you can go to rmp templates uh, if you want let's pick an rmp template like you know this is also educational so let's say i mean you know let's look at achilles tendinopathy yeah uh you know you might uh, want a progressive achilles tendinopathy program so look at weeks one to three you know we base this on we, we have we base this on different protocols for example we've got we've got our protocol here we've got the sylvan eagles protocol sylvan eagles are a, a researcher that did a lot of research on on various exercises we've got alfredson's protocol as well um so so if we go to alfred's uh, uh no actually that is the alfred's the achilles program is the alfredson's program you know and so we look at um let's look at uh achilles turn off weeks one to three okay so you know so, so we, we we start on the mobility stuff and we start on some some gentle concentric strengthening and then we progress to to uh to eccentric strengthening okay so there's different levels of of um of progressive levels of achilles loading from going into eccentric exercise on steps and concentric exercise on steps okay so um so it's very very quick if to, to make an exercise program all you do is you, you simply select a patient uh you've got your template set up click click assign and an email and bosh you've sent the exercise plan in, and it takes 15 seconds yeah and now they've got an exercise plan weeks one to three for Achilles tendinopathy I mean it's pretty cool you know it's really really cool you know and it is it if you've got the time make it bespoke yeah or if you don't have the time or the knowledge utilize the the, the, temp, the templates that are there or build your own templates all you do is go to my templates create your first template select um i mean you know let's give it maybe give, let's let's uh, can give an example of a particular um something we might see come in um that we might want to give exercises format um, okay let's go for just pick something really hard rotator cuff rotator cuff okay are they acute or chronic uh, uh, is it a tear is it tendinopathy is it is it a partial thickness tear is it a full thickness tear is it, is it, is it like is it completely I gone? think it's a chronic issue that has never been chronic Achilles tendinopathy yeah. okay yeah. so let's say that they've got chronic Achilles tendon uh, Achilles tendon 
chronic rotator cuff tendinopathy. Uh, let's just, let's just say they've got a subacromial pain syndrome or, or impingement. Okay, so so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make my subacromial pain syndrome. I'm going to say it's quite 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 sore. It's, it's it's a lot of inflammation there. Let's just give a simple pendulum exercise. I rock the baby and uh, and a passive arm lift. Okay, there's my template there. Let's give an let's give a uh, an exercise sheet on uh, subacromial pain syndrome, which is which is um, impingement okay or, or or you know it's a tendinopathy if you like or, or an inflammation and bursitis includes lots of things okay let's call my name um shoulder rehab uh level one uh week one or something like that press continue there's my template put your sets and reps in so repeat for one minute uh do it five times a day put your sets and reps in press save okay that's now then there as a template right and so if that patient comes back with with with, with rotator cuff tendinopathy or, or subacromial pain syndrome i've got my template in there all i do you can just open it up or just click assign to patient um and select your you, you know select your patient here uh put test patient assign Email, Bosch, it's done. So fast. That's it. Thank you. Yeah, there's a treat there, people. As I say, if you listen to the podcast, then, then that was all done to the background of looking through the different categories on we have my patients. So, yeah, really cool. Yeah. Um, great question. Thanks for that. Any, yeah. Yeah, we're all busy, right? We're all busy. We're, yeah, all, busy. Massively we're all busy practitioners, right? And, and you know, we want to maximise our patient contact time with, with you know, with, with with this sort of stuff. So you kind of need something that works quickly, uh, and uh, and this is a tool that helps you work quickly. And it's really nice that you're pointing out because it's almost, I think, yeah, something like people don't like admitting. Oh yeah, all my all my exercises are totally individual and don't never. But, but no, if you once you've been in the game for a while, you're going to know. This person's coming with this. This is going to be the first one to yeah. four weeks. I might tweak it a little bit, but essentially, this is what we need for you. So why waste your time? You know, Absolutely. You know what? You, you can make templates. There's nothing against making templates. It, it's probably sure. better that you, you know you use a template and then you can edit it as well. You can you can make the generic template. You might just add add or edit it. You can do that very very easily. You just simply click the edit button when when you when you create the template. And and you know what? It's 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 just a quick way to work. It's it's there's nothing wrong with it. Is it better to do bespoke? Yes, it is better. Um, but if you're not sure and you need a bit of support, then use a template. Fantastic. Brilliant. Right, you've, you've naturally done a little segue again to the next question, which is lovely. <laughs> this is like going on screen tonight. Um, so I'll bring up question five, um, which is as follows. So what are your beliefs on reps and sets? The whole question to this was... Uh, I love reading, this question. Yeah, I'm reading a lot these days. That's always dangerous. Uh, with people saying that reps and sets don't really matter. As long as you reach fatigue, the body will get stronger. What are your beliefs on reps and sets? So we saw you saying, I'll oh, just fill out the reps, fill out the sets, blah, blah, blah. What's your belief on that? Um, so uh, I think it's about making it individual for your client to work out what your client needs. I guess, you know, if we want to do a little bit more hypertrophy, we want to put on a little bit more muscle bulk, we probably want to go slightly lower and heavier with weights. You know, if we're looking for more more endurance, or, or um, then we probably want to look a little bit more with 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 lower weights, with with um, with, with uh, more more reps. Um, you know, that's a very basic um, way. Uh, you know, that there, there, there's a um, a lot of uh, practitioners out there um, that actually use very simple methods of exercise prescription in terms of reps and sets, and I'm and it, it, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it because you you know a, a lot, because you want to keep it as well fairly simple for people, and and you know what there, there are lots of different methods we're doing and tempos and, and rest periods in between reps and whatnot, but it makes it complicated, you know. And there are plenty of people out there, and I know it's criticised heavily, but just use ten by three. 10 reps, three times. And, you know, and, and, and I get the criticisms and, and, and I'm not saying it's right, but it's straightforward. And some patients just need simple. They need to know they do it 10 times plus. They need to know they do it 15 times, three times a day. And the thing is, is you want good adherence. And sometimes simple advice means better adherence to the exercises because we know that a lot of people do the exercise for the first few days and then they tail off and stop doing the exercises. And the more complicated you make it, sometimes 
the less adherence you're going to have because people just get they can't they can't figure it out. It's easy just doing holding a stretch for 30 seconds, but if you put in oh, hold for 50 seconds, then 30 seconds, then 45, seconds, it gets complicated. So, I'm just going to refresh it a sec because your sound's getting a little bit muffled. It might be hard. Sorry, it's probably me uh, buzzing and moving backwards and forwards. Is that better? Oh, that's better. Let's come back. That's fine. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm just worried because it was important information and the last words was, was kind of getting um, a bit muffled. And so, look, it, it, so, so I think, first of all, make it simple and appropriate for your particular client if you're working with someone elite yeah bring in tempos and respirators and and and, and, and graded reps and sets fine and make it more interesting and focus it more on what they're trying to achieve maybe it's endurance based maybe it's hypertrophy maybe it's it's strength based maybe it's it's balance based maybe it's stability but stability we might want to give one rep and hold it for two or three minutes. You know, we when I first learned rehabilitation, I worked with, with the great Paul Czech, and we used to do a lot of stability training, and they would hold elite athletes, would hold positions for three minutes, like holding a plank for three minutes, or, or holding a, a or holding a, a Superman or a dart for three minutes, you know. And so you, you, so you, you, you might be one rep, you know. And so it, it really depends on what your client needs, what's the goal of, of what you're trying to achieve. Great, yeah, great advice. And again, it's it's nice to hear because therapists worry with all the chit chat on social media sometimes that they have to do something complicated. And they and, do. You know, and if you're not sure, don't do something complicated. Start mm-hmm. with ten reps times twice a day, or ten reps times two sets, or ten reps times three. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is, is your client is going to understand it. And then, you know, you, but, but, but you won't probably give her 10 reps times three sets to an elite athlete. You know, it, they're just, that, that's boring to an elite athlete. And so you have, you, you've got to pitch, you've got to pitch it right for your, for your particular client or patient. Definitely. And as we talked about before, and you mentioned, like, if you accompany that with the idea of aggression and progression, as long as they understand they're supposed to be progressing if they're not reaching fatigue, then that takes away the idea of just somebody standing there doing 10 and stopping because they've hit 10, um, which I think is one of the problems with the three by 10. People just do it and they're not actually giving any reason for their body to, to change. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Great stuff. Right. Where are we? Oh, this is great. We're going to fit in all the questions. Right. Okay. Thank you for that. Um, I've got one last question, which actually um, somebody sent in and we didn't get time to do. Um, at the beginning of last month so we've got time to put it in and he actually said his name is alex moore sta member from pilates performance therapy dot uk and i'll bring up the question um now on the screen with the short version just for the screen and i'll read out the whole question right so it's um something we talked about um last month the first tuesday of last month um I think it was Catherine talking about uh, negotiating leases and Alex Moore's whole question is, um, hi Tim, <laughs> I'm in the process of looking, do you always worry when an email starts, hi Tim, it's like, here we go. Uh, hi Tim, I'm in the process of looking for a new venue to use a Pilates studio before yep. mats with a treatment room built in. I've potentially found somewhere, but I'm yep. not sure what to do in regards to negotiation of the lease. The okay. venue is being discussed privately with the owners, it's an old dance studio, rather than an agent. And there's quite a bit of work that needs doing to get it up to standard. I was just wondering if there's any advice in regards to types of lease and how you could negotiate if you have to carry out work to get it up um, and to a, and to a use-able standard. Thanks, Alex. Well, it won't surprise you to know I've got a lot of experience in this area. <laughs> Uh, and so look, I, I've been in a situation of having to negotiate leases, license periods, etc. Oh, sorry, you're okay again. It's oh, a bit muffled. Oh, right. I've got to make sure we get the answer to this on tender hooks. Yeah, tell me, tell me, excuse me. So I've, I've got a lot of experience in this area, and, and I've been to many lease negotiations um, and license negotiations. So the first thing to establish is: are, are you on, are you on solid grounds or, or not? I mean, for example, what's the macro picture here? For example, if you've just lost a uh, a lease on your current premises and you need to be out in the next month, you're not on solid ground, and you're going to have to uh, you're going to have to take the, take take what they're probably 
uh, offering at a much at a bit a bit less of a hardball rate. I would say always, always, always negotiate. Now, what we know is, you know, the macro climate is not suiting to commercial properties. We know there's office space going empty. We know there's shops and high streets with empty shops. And so I think the commercial sector has been hit fairly hard, which gives us an opportunity to negotiate. I think of great, you know, you can negotiate hard. You can negotiate lightly. Ultimately, you've got to negotiate a win-win or a perceived win-win for you and the landlord. Now, how do you get that? Well, win-win means getting what you want at a rate you think is fair and them getting what they want at what they think is fair and meeting in the middle. So both of you feel like you've both got a fair deal. Now, things you can do to negotiate at least. Well, first of all, if you're on a good footing, like let's say that space has been empty for the last two years, then you're on a really good footing, right? Because you know that that space has not been used by anybody else. So you can negotiate hard, right? And that might mean um, saying to them, I mean, I would start off saying something like, what is the absolute minimum price you would be um, you would be happy to see in each month? What is your absolute minimum? And they might say, I won't go below £800 a month or £2,000 a month, whatever it is. That's my bottom price. And then you say, and then you know, and you say, you, you say, well, you know, I'm sorry, but there's a premises down the road for, for, for 1500 a month. Unless you can meet, get, come lower than that, I'm, I'm going to have to move away. Um, or there might be nothing else available in your area, and you might have to say, actually, yeah, I'd accept that. But I'd say, what's their lowest price? And how much work is there to be done? You, you know, you kind of ask this in the question, but it, it could be you've got to spend 5, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100,000 pounds on someone else's property. And if you've got to spend a lot of money on someone else's property, you deserve a rent-free period. Simple. Because if you don't spend the money, they have to spend the money, or someone will have to spend the money, and the landlord will be going, this is fantastic. This guy's going to decorate, paint, put carpet in. This is brilliant. This is my premises they're investing in. So it's a huge win for the landlord. If you're going to decorate and, re- and, and invest in their premises, yeah, then you can negotiate a rent-free period to cover the cost. But it depends on how strong you're fitting them, because maybe there's five other people that want that space, and they're prepared to also invest the money in it. So it depends. But there's lots of ways to negotiate with rent-free period, with discounted rent, with graded rent, with agreement that the rent will stay the same for a certain number of years. You could agree the same rent for five years. I've got a premises I lease on five yearly increment, and, and the price doesn't go up five years you know it might be that the premises need a new boiler i had to move into one of my premises when i got one of my premises the, the heating system was a complete mess and the landlord said to me the heat the boiler's gonna go it's, it's it's an old boiler there's a problem there the heating system's old and at some point you're gonna need to put a new boiler in but i'll give you six months free rent and i went yeah that's a deal i'll take Right, yeah. lots of lots of ideas there, Alex. Um, yeah, very nice. It seems to fit in nicely with the fact that you said that there is a lot of work that can be done to get up to standards. So there you go. Think about some uh, red free months. Um, yeah, good stuff. Find out what the prices are of other properties in the area to know how how much you can dig your feet in. Great stuff. Yeah. You know, if you're a space in, in in a particular busy city where there's not much space available or there's there's not much parking or whatever, then you're on you're on you're on a, you're on less ground to really negotiate, right? And so you've got to sort of establish, you know, you know, what's the demand for that space? You know, what are other people interested? Are, are, is one of my competitors going to open up a gym instead of me? You know, it's it's like so you have to go high. You have to, you know, you've got to really figure out what's what's the overall picture. Great advice. Very nice. Right, look, it's 9.01. So we got through all the questions. Um, fantastic. Thank you, people, for joining us uh, live in the live lounge. Um, and thank you again, Tim Allardyce, for sitting in the hot seat. Um, we do this every first Tuesday of the month. Um, yeah. As long as Tim's available. He's not up a mountain. I think you said you were going up a mountain one month soon. Yes, maybe, so. August. We're going to climb Ben Nevis with my, oh, sure. my two kids. We're going to do a motorhome for a month. So I, 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 I maybe have, I might have great internet and I may not have anything internet. So it might be a bit hit and miss. 
I remember you joined us in the Olympics in Tokyo once, and the anything's possible yeah. if you can find some internet there. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's really, um, you just let me know, but it's great. I really appreciate you um, sharing your nah, words it's great of wisdom. To be here. Thanks. No, it's all good. I hope, I hope it's useful. If uh, people have been listening to the podcast and they want to get in contact with you, I think you said before the best way is they send us an email at the STA or something. And then yeah, just email the SDA or yeah, 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 yeah. You can yeah, email us or, or message me on social media or something or... On social yeah. media, you've got We Have My Patient Everywhere. I think it yeah. stays the same across. Yeah, or at Tim Allardyce. Yeah, drop me an Tim email. Allardyce. Uh, is that the email address? Uh, no. Um, so my, I've got several different email addresses, um, but at Tim Allardyce will get me on Twitter and oh, a couple brilliant. of other okay. things. But Tim at sorryphysio.co.uk is a good email address. Tim at sorryphysio.co.uk is sort of my main inbox. Perfect. We'll make sure that goes into the show notes. Right then. So... Um, Next week. Oh, Gary's coming up. Hold on. We've got a sudden uh, appearance here from Mr. Gary Benson. Let's bring it up. Show and stream. Hey, Gary. Hey, Gary. Hi. <laughs> I just saw your name saying that you wanted to come in. Yeah, I'm supposed to be joining you afterwards, but hi, everybody. <laughs> so um, this is Gary Benson just coming to the screen. He's going to join us afterwards. Um, but yeah, next week, uh, April the 11th, um, like I say, we're going to start a month's focus on CPD. Uh, my guest is going to be Dr. Gary Mendoza, founder of Stages of Change, um, who I did do his motivation interview behavior change course a couple of months ago. And myself and a couple of other people on the course are going to uh, be here with Dr. Gary Mendoza to chat about it. Um, I've talked about it quite a few times. People might get sick to death of it, but I think it's just something which a lot of it's the missing link for a lot of therapists out there you might be great with your hands or a massive toolbox of things to do but unless you're listening and using your ears and your mouth correctly and um, then maybe you, it's no surprise that your clients aren't getting better so i would recommend you tune in if you can um next tuesday at eight o'clock on the sports therapy association youtube channel for that um anything you wanted to say gary by the way you just kind of hanging no nothing nothing to add <laughs> that's fine um so tim once again thank you very much if you just hang around so i can say goodbye to you i'll shut the live lounge off thanks to everyone who came to join us thanks for some excellent questions it was lovely to see once again um indicated by gary i think there was a question about um exercise progression or aggression there in the comments so like i say if you listen to the podcast and you want to hang out on tuesday night and, and chew the fat with some other soft tissue therapists this is a great place to do it um, but that's it for tonight. Thank you, Tim Allardyce, and look after each other and hopefully see some of you in the live lounge next week. Take care. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy.